Good evening, everybody. Again, good to be with you as we continue our series in the book of Revelation. Let's again just have a short word of prayer before we continue our study this evening. Father, thank you again for the privilege of being able to study your word. We just thank you for the promise that is given in the book of Revelation that Blessed is he who reads, and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. And we just pray your blessing on our time of studying your word this evening. We just thank you for this, in Jesus' name, amen. Revelation chapter 17, we're looking at the scarlet woman and the scarlet beast. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. The reference here to these seven angels links chapter 17 and 18 with bold judgments that we've read about in chapter 16 which extend right up to the second coming to the return of Jesus to the earth and chapter 17 and 18 focus on one aspect of these bold judgments and that is the judgment of Babylon and the great harlot that is mentioned here in verse 1, prostitution frequently symbolizes idolatry or religious apostasy. And in the Old Testament, we see that Nineveh and even Jerusalem are depicted as harlot cities. And where it talks about the um, harlot sitting on many waters, this picture emphasizes the power uh, that this harlot has, and it really is a picture of a ruler that is seated on a throne, ruling the waters, which really symbolizes the nations of the earth. And verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. The harlot here will ally herself with the world's political leaders. And fornication here doesn't refer to sexual sin, but to idolatry. And all of the world's rulers are going to be totally taken in and absorbed with the empire of Satan's false Christ. And where it says the earth became and were made drunk with the wine of her fornication, the harlot's influence is going to extend beyond the rulers of the world uh, to the whole of mankind. And again, the imagery here doesn't describe actual wine and sexual sin, but it pictures the world's people being... Um, swept in to this 
false religious system and being intoxicated by this false uh, religious system. Verse 3, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So John here is carried away in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually transports John uh, into a deserted, desolate uh, wilderness. Um, perhaps the Holy Spirit does this to actually give him a better understanding of the uh, vision that he's seeing. And where he sees here, he says, I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy. Scarlet beast, the woman obviously is the harlot, which is uh, Babylon. The scarlet beast is uh, the Antichrist, who for a time is going to use the false religions of the world to actually bring about a world unity and then he's going to take uh, political control and the reference to scarlet here scarlet is the color of luxury it's the color of splendor of royalty and where it talks about here being um, full uh, of names of blasphemy uh, because of the Antichrist's self-deification, which we read about in the book of Daniel and which uh, Jesus also references in Matthew 24, which is the abomination which causes desolation. And having seven heads and ten horns, this pictures the extent of the uh, Antichrist's uh, political um, alliances. And as we've mentioned, purple and scarlet, um, they are the colors of royalty, nobility, and wealth. And the woman here is portrayed as a prostitute who has plied her trade and has become quite wealthy. And uh, she's adorned with uh, gold and precious stones and pearls and having in her hand a golden cup. Um, prostitutes often dress in fine clothes and they wear fine uh, jewels to uh, lure their uh, victims. And the religious harlot of Babylon is no different to the prostitutes that we see in the world. And she adorns herself to actually lure the nations of the world into her grasp. And it talks about there that in her hand, she has a golden cup, but that golden cup is full of abominations and the filthiness 
of her fornication. So the golden cup here is further evidence of the um, harlot's wealth, but this gold is defiled by the filthiness of her immorality. And just as a prostitute uh, will get her victim drunk, so this harlot system deceives the nations of the world into committing spiritual uh, fornication with her. And on her forehead, a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Now, it was customary for Roman prostitutes to actually wear a headband with their name on it. And the harlot's forehead here is emblazoned with a three-fold, very descriptive um, uh, title of the world's final uh, religious systems, uh, where it talks about mystery, Babylon the Great. Now, we know in uh, the New Testament, uh, mystery is a truth that was... Um, hidden in the Old Testament, but it's revealed in the New Testament. But here, spiritual Babylon's true identity has not yet uh, been revealed. And the precise details of how this is actually uh, going to be manifested in the world in the future is not yet known. And Babylon the Great... This Babylon here is separate. It doesn't refer to the historical uh, Babylon, uh, which still existed in John's day. Uh, the details of John's vision here cannot be applied to any historical uh, city. And where it talks about the mother of harlots, all false religions ultimately stem uh, from Babel or uh, Babylon. And then verse 6, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. So John sees here the point here that he's making about this harlot. This harlot is a murderer. False religion has always killed millions of believers over the centuries. But this final false religious system under the Antichrist will be far more deadly than anything that has preceded it. And it's going to be responsible for the death of millions and millions of saints. Verse 7. But then the angel said to me, why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel. Those whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world 
when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. So the mystery here, not that Babylon um, is a false system of religion, but because that it's already known that the beast will actually support the harlot, support this religious system, and together they are going to exert vast uh, influence uh, over the earth. And in verse 8, uh, where it talks here uh, about the beast, um, it's talking about both the king and his kingdom, and where it says there was and is not and will ascend is actually a reference here to the Antichrist's false resurrection. Remember that the Antichrist is a false Christ and that he mimics everything that Christ did. And where it says he comes out of the bottomless pit after his resurrection, possibly the Antichrist will become possessed by um, some form of demonic power uh, from the abyss. And where it talks about there that he will come out of the bottomless pit and go to uh, perdition, uh, this is the final place that uh, the Antichrist is going to land up uh, in, um, that he is going to uh, land up in the lake of fire. And we will actually uh, see what happens there to the Antichrist as we get uh, towards the end of the book of Revelation, because the place of the Antichrist's final destruction is where he will be thrown into the lake of fire. And... John is told here, those who dwell on the earth will marvel at what happens to the Antichrist with his false resurrection. Those whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Before the world began, God actually recorded those who would have eternal life. Their names were recorded in the book of life. It's a very clear reference here whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Verse 9. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. So let's explain what's, what's happening here or what uh, John is actually describing here. Um, the... Seven heads, which are seven mountains. Many commentators actually interpret uh, this to mean Rome, because the city of Rome actually uh, sits on seven hills. And um, it's true that uh, the final world system of false religion is going to 
uh, include uh, Rome, but it might not necessarily be limited to Rome. And here where it mentions seven mountains, it could uh, also in the context uh, also refer to seven kingdoms and their kings. Because in verse 10, it says there are also seven kings, five have fallen, uh, one is and the other has not yet come, and when he comes he must continue a short time. So the seven kings here are representative of the seven world empires that have existed. So we had, first of all, the Egyptian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire. We then had the Medo-Persian Empire. We then had Greece uh, and Rome. And then, of course, we've got the final kingdom that is to come, which is the kingdom of the Antichrist. And uh, all of that was represented by the vision that Daniel had of the uh, statue. Uh, we can read that in Daniel chapter 2, verse 37 to 45. And it says there, five of these kings have fallen. One is and the others yet to come. So when John was um, writing the book of Revelation, uh, when it was being revealed to him by the Lord and he was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Egyptian, the Assyrian, and the Babylonian, and the Media, Persian, and Greek empires had already gone out of existence. And the Roman Empire still exists, and the Antichrist's empire had not yet come. And when it does, it will be brief. And verse 11, where it talks about the beast that was and is not, and is himself also the eighth, and is of seven, and is going to perdition. The Antichrist's kingdom is going to be both the seventh and the eighth kingdoms. And because of his supposed demise and then uh, resurrection, false resurrection, he is the seventh king um, and then will become the eighth king after his resurrection when he destroys the harlot's religious empire and then demands exclusive worship for himself, which, again, we've referenced many times um, where he then uh, demands uh, that the people of the world actually worship him as God. Verse 12, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who've received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. So the ten kings, or ten sub-rulers under the Antichrist, whose uh, empire would probably be divided into uh, ten administrative districts, and can't really identify these kings with any um, historical figures. And um, 
where it uh, talks about the, that they will receive authority for one hour. It's just really uh, what it symbolizes here is that um, the symbolic rule is going to be very brief, probably for the three and a half year period. And they will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. This is a reference to the Battle of Armageddon, which we're still going to get to, where uh, Jesus is going to come and utterly uh, destroy these kings and the Antichrist and all the armies that actually come against um, Israel and Jerusalem. Verse 15, then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues, and the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast, until the words of God are fulfilled, and the woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. So these will hate the harlot after using the false religious system of the world to actually unite the world's kingdoms and, and gain control over the world. Uh, the Antichrist, with the help of these ten rulers, will turn against the system, plunder and destroy, and seize power. And as we've already indicated, he will demand worship um, for himself. And the great city here, again, is a, another identification to the capital city of uh, Babylon, which is going to be the center of the um, Antichrist's empire. And... Uh, what is referenced here where it says that uh, in verse 17 that they will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh for God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose that they are actually going to be carrying out God's uh, purpose here. And uh, the Antichrist, as we've referenced, is going to turn against these kings uh, and plunder and destroy them because they are actually, it says here, that uh, they are going to hate the harlot and make her uh, desolate. Um, but the Antichrist is going to then uh, seize power, turn against these kings, and then he's going to want the worship, as we've said, uh, for himself. And the woman that you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Again, what we've said, this is a reference to Babylon, the Antichrist's empire. And this is where we come now to the end of Revelation uh, chapter 17. Next week, we're going to cover... Revelations 18 and 19, and then we will probably uh, finish in one session the following uh, three chapters. And going through the book of Revelation, it's not a very easy book to study. There's a lot of imagery and uh, pictures here, 
and uh, although there's a, um, a lot of metaphors that are used here in the book of Revelation um, to describe um, certain things and to uh, illustrate um, uh, what is actually going to happen with the world's religious systems and what is actually going to um, happen to people where they're going to be taken in by these false religious systems. Um, so much of what is revealed here is going to take place. Everything that is revealed in this book is going to take place. And I was reading something uh, about a week ago where um, there was this particular uh, minister in America who was uh, um, a woman minister who was talking to a congregation and she said, you don't actually have to uh, worry about what is going to happen in the future. The day of judgment is actually going to be very peaceful and everything that you read about in the book of Revelation is just uh, metaphorical. It's not really going to, um, it's not really going to happen. And that really is deception from the enemy because God has revealed in his word exactly what is going to take place uh, in the end times. And again, although it's not an easy book to read and there are some not very pleasant things that are going to take place as the judgments of God actually fall on an unrepentant earth, uh, we can still, as believers, be thankful to the Lord that He has redeemed us, that we've experienced His salvation uh, in our lives, uh, that we are part of His family, and that, as I mentioned last week, that He has gone to prepare a place for us and that He's coming back for us, that where, where He is, we can also be with Him. And we've got a wonderful future and a wonderful hope to look forward to, to the coming of the Lord. And so, Father, again, we just thank you for the opportunity just to study your word. I just pray your blessing on everybody that has been listening tonight. And we just thank you again, Lord, that you are sovereign. And despite what we see happening in the world today, as things are continuing to get worse and worse in the world, we just thank you that we've got this wonderful hope to look forward to, and that is the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just pray that for all of us that we will just continue to occupy the time uh, that we will not be idle and uh, that the opportunities that we have, we will use those opportunities just to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who are unsaved. So we just thank you again, Lord, for this time and your blessing on everybody that is listening tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.